sexy mother. S to the S. Welcome to Prince Track by Track, I'm your host Darren, and today we're going to be talking about My Name is Prince from the album with no name, um, which I think most Prince fans, they either choose to call it Symbol or Love Symbol, you know, just depending on uh, on who you are. This track was recorded on the 18th of September 1991 at Paisley Park and released on the 29th of September 1992 um, in single form. Um, on the track it's Prince with Tony M. Um, so, you know, when he says my name is Prince, I mean, I guess that's who's playing all the instruments, basically. He's just letting you know. Um, and the track itself is six minutes and 37. So that is a, that's a long opening track. And joining me to talk about this is Wendy Mays. Hello, Wendy. Hello. And it's worth saying that, you know, Diamonds and Pearls was a huge success. It had so many singles kind of, you know, spun off it. Even when Sexy MF, you know, which was the lead single from this album was released, they decided to give it a double A side with Strolling because they wanted to give DJs something to, you know, kind of play on the radio if they couldn't play the lead single of this um, of this album. But even then, Sexy MF did really well. You know, My Name is Prince was a, a reasonably successful single and the album itself, you know, which... <laughs> I mean, this is kind of the start of Prince being as awkward as he possibly can and kind of not really giving a name to this to this album. Um, and, you know, it, it still did really well, even though people couldn't say the name of it. Um, and it was actually a, a number one album over here. It charted, you know, it debuted at number one. It stayed on the charts for 21 weeks, uh, you know, which is, you know, longer than most places. Uh, you know, on the Billboard charts, it got to number five. Um, you know, and it stayed in the charts for 34 weeks. So this was, you know, a really kind of successful follow up to, um, you know, what was also a really successful album. Um, you know, it's it's kind of weird because Prince had never really done this. He never really had like two back to back gigantic successes, you know, like Purple Rain was successful. But then Around the World in a Day wasn't as successful. Parade was a bit more successful, but Sign of the Times was, you know, critically acclaimed, but didn't sell as well. You know, Love Sexy was a marginal success, but Batman was a huge success. But then Graffiti Bridge was a failure. So there's this kind of weird thing of kind of like Prince never quite being able to get two hit albums in a row. Uh, and so this is the first time he did it. And, um, you know, worth saying as well that um, Prince actually signed a new contract um, worth a hundred million dollars um, is how it was publicized uh, for 10 albums. Uh, you know, and Warner Brothers, they were really happy with this. Um, you know, they, they made a big announcement out of it. Um, you know, they kind of they made the numbers known, you know, kind of announcing it as this hundred million dollar deal, you know, saying it was for 10 albums over the next decade. Obviously, that was a bit hopeful from them. Um, you know, uh, Prince Prince saw 10 albums as kind of almost like a challenge to see how quickly he could get those out. Um, rather than, you know, kind of measuring them out in, in kind of, uh, you know, year by year releases. You know, the tour that, that Prince had been on for Diamonds and Pearls was a huge success. Uh, you know, a, a really big world tour. And then, you know, he continued that with the tour that accompanied this um, album, which was just known as Act One and Act Two as it went around. And, you know, this is kind of Prince um, almost at the kind of the 
the peak of his commercial powers. I like the fact that, you know, he chose this point to kind of declare to everyone, my name is Prince. Um, and then obviously, you know, we know what happened, you know, about nine, ten months after this when he decided to change his name. Uh, you know, but I mean, just like such a kind of, uh, you know, an interesting direction to, for Prince to go as well, because, um, you know, you have Tony M featured heavily on this song. Uh, obviously, you know, he'd been on a, a lot of tracks on um, Diamonds and Pearls. Um, you know, and he had, you know, he, he was on Sexy MF, quite, you know, quite prominently as well. Um, but just for him to basically kind of get the second half of this song is is kind of like a really interesting idea that kind of Prince had. And to me, this kind of feels like Prince's, I don't want to say only, but this feels like his kind of most obvious attempt to kind of do like a, you know, a kind of a rap song, basically. Oh, 100%. I don't know, like, listening back to this song, I don't, like, I was trying to think of, like, how it holds up, and I was like, it sounds very of its time. Like, I don't know, like, <laughs> if it ages very well. Uh, I mean, I still love this song, but I don't know that it ages very well, because it just, it sounds so much like he's trying to, be one of the cool kids and like try to do this rap thing and you're like mm, maybe not prince <laughs> and the thing is as well is it kind of starts with these samples of i want to be your lover party up and controversy and then someone saying the word prince <laughs> but you have these like little samples that kind of play and then you have this kind of um the keyboards with the jun 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 and that kind of like starting the song off um, and starting the album off as well you know like kind of really you know strong kind of statement i i just i do love that prince is like my name is prince and i am funky and you're like yeah we know that prince um, you know <laughs> you tell it to us often <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've been around for like the last kind of you know uh 15 years at this point we know you're funky you don't you don't have to kind of state that out, out also out, i think uh, it's, it's part of the thing that he's still using the word funky and you're like okay like i, I think it, there's something <laughs> about like not necessarily the innocence of the song but like his wording throughout the song you're like oh he's he's not using a gun he just wants you to have fun you know <laughs> like, like, those kind of lyrics that you're like this i don't know this is i mean it, the way you're singing it it sounds hard, but then when you listen to the actual lyrics, you're like, wait, what? <laughs> this isn't that tough of a thing. Although he does say something about getting on his dick. Doesn't he say something? Or D-I-C-K? D well, that's Tony M later on. Oh, okay. There um, you go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but Prince actually kind of centers himself because he says, my name is Prince, the one and only. I did not come to funk around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, considering that the next the next track is Sexy MF, the fact that he kind of censors himself a little bit there is kind of funny. Yeah. You know, and he says, till I get your daughter, I won't leave this town. It's like <laughs> Which, it's footloose. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i i don't know it, it feels like a kind of paraphrasing of you know lock up your daughters oh yeah it's just 100%. like kind of but i i mean i personally just love his declaration when he says in the beginning god made the sea but on the seventh day he made me it's kind of great yeah and you know he was trying to rest y'all <laughs> when he heard the sound <laughs> And I, I, I like as well when he says sounds like a guitar and then he actually plays the guitar underneath, Cole getting down. Um, and then he goes, I try to bust a high note, but I bust a string. And when he does that, he does bust a high note. And he goes, my God was worried till he heard me sing. <laughs> and I mean, I, I don't know. I just love the idea that, you know, Prince was created on the seventh day and, you know, God was like basically trying to rest. And it was only, you know, Prince's guitar playing that kind of, you know, 
kind of perked him up a little bit. And I just I just love the idea of, of God being worried that, you know, Prince can't sing. And then obviously, you know, Prince is like, and then he heard me sing. And it's like, uh, I don't know. I mean, to some people, this might be considered sacrilegious, but, you know. Um, it just, it just I mean, feels like it, kind of... at this point, like they probably have been offended. If you're offended by this song by Prince, you've been offended by multiple songs by Prince already. <laughs> so, like, it's probably people that get their panties in a wad a little bit too much about dumb stuff. Anyway, like, I don't think it's yeah. that. It's not an offensive. There's not. <laughs> <laughs> of course this comes from like an atheist but i'm like this is not offensive at all what are you talking about <laughs> People, you know you know, I don't know um yeah i mean i like as well how in the second verse he says when it comes to funk i am the junkie um <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know i mean that's just i mean like this whole song even though you might say yeah maybe it doesn't hold up as kind of like you know a hard rap song i mean it's just kind of so fun and yeah, it's... kind of a little silly it feels like Prince kind of try and play a role, but he can't quite do it, but he still kind of at least gives it a go. Yeah, like he wants to be hard and edgy, and you're like, no, we kind of, we like you hard and edgy, but in a sexy way. And it feels like he's trying not to necessarily be sexy, just hard and edgy. And you're like, no, go back to being sexy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, and it's also worth saying, you know, like for the previous album, he'd had like a little um, a gun, a microphone gun, yeah. like his, his, his maid. And on this album, he really kind of, like in this video as well, he's kind of constantly pointing this microphone yeah. at the camera in the video. And it's just kind of funny that it's like, that's not a gun, Prince. It's a microphone. It's not going to do anyone any harm. But, you know, he, he, he kind of says that in the song anyway, when he says without a pistol, without a gun. When you hear my music, you'll be having fun. And I, I mean, I love kind of, I mean, I just the way he delivers, that's when I got you. That's when you mine. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, it's just, it's like, yeah, Prince, I, you know, I'm convinced. Like, whatever's going on in this song, I'm com- completely convinced that your name is Prince and you are funky. Um, you know. This video is amazing, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Not to jump the gun. Oh, no, no. I wish but you... I rewatched it, like, right before. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. I forgot about this video. Uh, a, a, it has one of my favorite Prince looks, which is the cop hat with the jeans <laughs> in front of his face. Yeah. It's such a good look. <laughs> and it this video again is showcasing his high heels. Yeah. Very nicely. And his guns has Kirstie Alley in it as a news reporter. Um she, which great. <laughs> <laughs> she's she's also on the album doing the little kind of segues, you know, little spoken things between oh, no, some she, of the songs. Oh, is she? That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, That's I love as well in the video how Prince has made Tommy Barbarella haul around the purple axe, which is like this gigantic kind of like keytar that's got like Prince's yeah, symbol yes. on. Like down this alleyway of trash can fires. It's so great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this is the kind of, the kind of, this is kind of like the, the, the black and gold kind of like MPG look, you know, and Prince, you know, pointing his microphone gun, like you say, the kind of chains with the hat. Um, you know, it's so good. Yeah, it's so good. And looking. and the rest of the MPG also are kind of all wearing leather jackets, um, to kind of look intimidating. But they're doing a lot of dancing as they're in these alleys, and they're kind of pointing at Prince and playing their instruments, so it doesn't look that intimidating. Yeah. Um, you know, it just looks kind of uncomfortable because they're all near these hot fires wearing these heavy leather jackets. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm kind of a little worried for them. 
Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the news report at the beginning is quite funny because, you know, Vanessa Bartholomew, which is the character being played by Kirstie Alley, she keeps talking about how there was like this concert with like a, a mannequin with like a, a kind of a fluorescent tube and people thought that was Prince and, you know, they were outraged. They started yeah, trashing. Weird. Yeah, they started trashing the streets <laughs> because Prince wasn't actually playing a concert and, um, you know, they, <laughs> they've gone into the back of Glam Slam. I was so confused. <laughs> well, I know. Is... I was like, "Wait, so what happened? They're at a concert, and a tube came out, pretending to be Prince. What? <laughs> like, it's so confusing that that concept was even not even like a dummy. It's like a plastic <laughs> case came out and is pretending to be Prince. And you're like, "Wait, what? Yeah, and this is actually <laughs> like um, pretty much like every song on this on this album has a video because Prince had this idea to kind of once more. Um, although Warner, Warner's kind of re- railed him in a little bit on this one to do kind of a film <laughs> connected to kind of um, the album. And the, this, the album itself has this kind of storyline that's meant to be going through it of um, Prince seducing this Arabian princess. And, um, you know, the kind of like the story of, of their, their kind of love story is meant to be the, um, you know, the concept behind the album. Uh, but it kind of falls apart halfway through. <laughs> Um, and you know the videos for the first few songs kind of make sense a little bit because there's a lot of Maite in them um, you know and you know she's in the Max and she's in you know Love to the Nines and you know obviously the the cover of the album is actually a shot from the video for Seven Um, so there's you know there's kind of a sort of story there but it just kind of falls apart so quickly and it's not helped by the fact that you know we start out with the story being here where there's like this fake concert with the plastic tube or whatever like the whole thing is such a weird kind of start to the the kind of the concept of of the the album that it just kind of doesn't make any sense um you know yeah but i i mean i just i do kind of just love the kind of chaos of the video uh and also the fact that prince you know even for songs on this album that that aren't singles he just made a video anyway (laughs) um so it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of you know really good because you know obviously the the prince youtube channel has been uploading videos and so it's really fun to see all these you know these videos that basically were just released on vhs and nothing else um and so it's fun to kind of see them these days and be like oh so you know prince was you know trying to kind of do something <laughs> um you well know. also and it has like it had like i like the video also because it showed like which was really popular in that time of like these like hip-hop dancing duos so like every yeah. now and then you get a shot of like these two people that are like in sync dancing and locking bodies and dancing and you're like that was rad like that was, it was so <laughs> much fun to watch dancers in the 90s because they just all had these like crazy moves that you're like well i could try that and then you do and you're like oh no i'm gonna fall down and break my leg <laughs> if I try that. like no we're not gonna try that anymore i mean it's funny uh, as well yeah, because i loved like the duos. prince has this line that he repeats a few times in the song where he says funky fresh for the 90s <laughs> it's kind of like i don't know prince Every, oh everything God. in that phrase kind of betrays it both dates the song and also yes. dates, dates it even further back than the 90s i guess it yeah it just it dates it as like such like early 90s too because you had you know like funky cold medina you know like tone loke and then i feel like fresh prince of bel-air and like all these fresh things you know that would come out fresh and funky was such like but it was such like a um like almost like a vanilla way to be hip hop, <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like 
And then you're just like, well, if you look a little further down this alley, you're going to see NWA. And it's, it's worth saying as well that this is this is the time, you know, the year before Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him was gigantic. Um, you know, yeah. in 1991, the first and, you know, best-selling rap album to get to number one in the Billboard charts was To the Extreme by Vanilla Rice. So, you know, uh, kind of Prince doing rap is actually kind of at least slightly less white than, you know, the leading rap artist of the day. Yeah, um, oh, totally, but, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it was, it's just funny to, like, he saw the commercial moment almost and was going for it, yeah. which I feel like is so untypically a Prince thing to do. Oh, no, I mean, he's definitely kind of behind the times in terms of, you know, the, the kind of musical trends at this particular point, um, you know, and this kind of almost is like a, is Prince following rather than leading. Um, mm-hmm. You know, which, you know, something that kind of dogs him a little bit for kind of the rest of his career after the 90s is the fact that, you know, I mean, you know, let's be honest, he's in his 30s now. You know, he's I, I, I even think today, if you're in your 30s, there's no way you can be on the cutting edge of music. So in the early 90s for Prince to, you know, essentially have had a career at this point that spanned almost 15 years. There's no way he can be on the cutting edge, but uh, at least he does kind of try and make it his own. Um, yeah. Though you know there are what some people feel to be veiled shots at Michael Jackson in this song, um, <laughs> you know where Prince says my name is Prince and I don't want to be king, um, ah. you know because I've seen the top and it's just a dream. Um, not applying to Michael Jackson here, but big big cars and women and fancy clothes, you know. And he says we'll save your face, but they won't save your soul. <laughs> and then he can't avoid getting a bit religious when he says I'm here to tell you there's a better way. Would our Lord be happy if he came today? <laughs> Um, oh, and then probably my favorite bit where he goes, I ain't saying I'm better, no better than you. But if you want to play with me, you better learn the rules. My name is Prince. <laughs> um, so Tony M himself, uh, when we get to the rap, which, you know, is kind of coming up, he did kind of say that, you know, he, he wasn't talking about Michael Jackson. There's a very specific line that he says, um, you know, at the very end of his rap where, or kind of in the middle of his rap, should I say, actually, um, where he says, you must become Prince before you're King anyway. And, you know, obviously at this time, Michael Jackson had had um, Dangerous out the year before. um, And there was a lot of kind of, you know, King of pop accolades that kind of were being given to Michael Jackson. Yeah. I think that this is around the time when people really started calling him the King of pop. Like, I don't think that that title had previously really been on his head. Uh, until the 90s and then everybody's like yeah king of pop Uh, so yeah it's understandable that it would then come about to to mean either michael or like they were like no we swear we weren't talking about michael that kind of well i I mean that's that's certainly what tony m said but i mean you know you can't i mean the fact that you must become a prince before you king anyway of course that is the correct you know line of uh, session (laughs) so that's that's just very factual but at the same time you can't help but see it as being a little bit of a shot at michael jackson yeah um you know and uh, you know between you know prince michael jackson madonna you know if you look at where their careers were at this particular point um, you know, Prince, um, obviously, you know, just coming off Diamonds and Pearls, Michael Jackson had had Dangerous and, you know, Black or White kind of being the kind of the big hit um, from that album. Um, though, you know, Michael Jackson also kind of got into this business of releasing so many singles off every album. But um, with with uh, Dangerous, there was also the thing of him constantly premiering videos for them. So you have like, remember like the time. like 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah, you have like, remember the time, which has got like, um, you uh, know, Im- Naomi it's got- Campbell in it. <laughs> 
And it's got Eddie Murphy and, you know, yes. there's lots of, like, CGI effects. Things are constantly, oh, you know, metamorphosizing from one thing to another. So it's nice that Prince kind of goes for a simpler video where it's just him and the band in some alley outside Paisley Park yeah. with lots of, like, um, trash fires. Uh, Tony M, you know, he kind of drew some criticism for not being a super great rapper, should I say, um, on Diamonds and Pearls. But, you know, I've said it on many other tracks with that. And, you know, I always liked what Tony M did. Um, I, I don't I don't pretend to be any kind of expert in hip hop or anything, um, but I think, you know, he did what Prince wanted him to do um, and kind of he fitted within the style of Prince's songs. You know, he didn't kind of stand out as his kind of, you know, like this his own artist. Um, he didn't try to kind of, you know, overshadow Prince. And I think, you know, that kind of, um, you know, kind of helped um, with him fitting into kind of some of the songs. Um, but this is kind of his biggest showcase that he gets. Um, aside from, I would say, later on in the album where he gets um, he gets arrogance, which is, you know, just all him rapping, basically, and no prints, um, you know. And I kind of I kind of like some of the lyrics that are in here, um, particularly when he says, the syncopated ripes are at the peak when you jumped on my DNCK. That's one thing I don't play. The jockstrap was too big for you anyway. <laughs> I mean, oh, um, like I, on the video, they actually they censor the, the D-I-C-K part. Um, you know, obviously, you know, later in life, Prince became a little bit more religious. And so I can only imagine that he he would not, you know, there's religious elements in this song, but I can only imagine that some parts of the, uh, you know, the, the rap probably, you know, kind of didn't meet with Prince's a- approval, um, you know. Although I, I do also kind of like the insult where he says, um, there must be more coming from your mouth than manure. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, that's pretty it's yeah, but it's also kind of like a way of like swearing, but not swearing. And that's like yeah. something obviously that Prince kind of, um, you know, specializes in in this song, um, you know. And, um, you know, as we get to the end, we get, I mean, I do like his delivery of it's it's a tricky situation. I mean, it's a sticky situation to resurrect a groove with feeling and give it this much affection. I mean, you know, he does kind of deliver some of the more tricky lines, which even after hearing them for 20 something years, I cannot say myself, um, you know, like I, I'm just like, oh, it's, you know, like they are kind of hard. Um, and there's a few times where even though he censored himself earlier in the, the song, he does, uh, you know, he does swear a few times towards the end, you know, where he says at the very end, <laughs> he says, this is a motherfucking party. And while you're laying back on the attack, paddywhack, give yourself a bone. This is my house and I'm prone to lay in some chrome up some motherfucker's dome. And I'm out. Oh. <laughs> um, and you're like, okay, okay, Tony. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about that one, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I like as well, this is my favorite. I've got to say, I mean, I've mentioned this before when it's happened, but this is my favorite thing about the MPG, which is um, Prince refers to Tony M as T. And during this rap, Tony M says, I'm on a roll with P. So he was, ah. he's referring to Prince as P. And I just love that kind of level of affection between the two of them where they're down to just, you know, single letter basis. Um, You know, obviously a year later, that would kind of be meaningless because nobody could say Prince's name by that point. Um, (laughs) You know, and obviously we get the words, my name is Prince, like over and over again. And then the song just finishes with, you know, everything kind of dropping out and you just get like, you know, quadruple tracked Prince singing, my name is Prince. And then if like me, you know, you've listened to the album a ton of times, you're then used to kind of the introduction for Sexy MF like immediately following. And so I always kind of think of the end of this as the start of Sexy MF, like kind of the same thing, Um, you know. But uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, I'm going to get into Sexy MF next, so I'm not going to kind of preempt that. But yeah, I mean, 
like it's kind of a bit silly for Prince to think that you know at this stage in his life he could kind of enter into the kind of you know the rap business uh, but I like that he at least gives it a try you know and um you know he there's so many different remixes of of my name is prince it's kind of ridiculous there was some that went as long as like 8 minutes 11 um you know on the 12 inch and then there's others that were kind of like you know 7 minutes long 6 minutes long <laughs> you know there was an edit that was 4 minutes long there's just like so many different you know, there was like two CDs released over here with different remixes. Um, you know, there was a picture disc, uh, which has the shot of Prince wearing the, you know, the the the, the helmet with the, the helmet, chains. the hat, the hat with the chains. Yeah. So, you know, there was so many kind of different releases of this. Uh, you know, this is the point at which Warner Brothers are really kind of pouring money into getting singles out there for Prince and, you know, getting him onto the charts. Uh, and then obviously, <laughs> obviously that that kind of effort would change a little bit, uh, you know, a year later. Um, interestingly enough there was a cover version that was sanctioned by prince um which was called my name is bart and performed by nancy cartwright and was going to be included on the yellow album by the simpsons um and there are early promo copies that apparently contain it but due to the fact that it was delayed by like five years by the time those five years kind of passed prince withdrew his approval of the uh, of the parody yeah. Um, so, so, That's uh, terrible. Uh, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard it myself, but I cannot imagine it would be that good. Um, yeah. You know, um, kind of Sorry. anyone singing "My Name Is Bart." Um, and yeah, I, 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 I mean, really I don't even. Cheesy. I don't know what he would have rhymed that with. Um, I but, like to uh, fart, probably. <laughs> possibly, yes. Um, but yeah, um, and obviously, you know, the vid. Uh, Prince, with this, um, you know, um, with this project, he he wanted to put out, like I said, a film, uh, and in the end, that did come out as Three Chains of Gold um, on home video, um, you know, uh, and in a move that one can only call ironic, um, Three Chains of Gold barely features on that thing. <laughs> There's like two minutes of it, uh, so it's like the sh- the shortest kind of piece. Uh, on the entire of there but that contains a lot more of the segues that were dropped from the album and it kind of has the story of um, you know Prince traveling to Egypt to you know meet with Maite uh, and they shot quite a lot of footage actually in Egypt um, with with Maite and Prince Um, you know so uh, worth kind of tracking that down never released on DVD only released on VHS Uh, obviously I feel like the dispute with Warner Brothers a couple of years later probably didn't give them any incentive to yeah. start releasing Prince's back catalogue on DVD. Maybe at some point in the future it might see a DVD release. Uh, probably. You know, and if, if it did, I would definitely get it. But uh, yeah, so, you know, I would say for me personally, I think the thing is the song is kind of a little cheesy. So I, I don't know that I can give it a five out of five simply because there's, you know, a little bit of kind of, you know, embarrassment. I mean, you know, it kind of, it it's kind of so dated to like 1992. It's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think I can kind of go higher than a four out of five as much as I love this song and I love it as an opening track as well. I feel like, um, you know, the first few kind of tracks on this album, it's like a really strong opening, um, you know, going from this to sexy MF, but I just feel that sexy MF is a, is a definite five out of five. Uh, so there's no way I could give this five out of five. <laughs> I think it's better when you watch the music video with this song. I think it helps 
in a weird way. Um, and then also, I just really adore this song because it's the song that I sing to my cat constantly. I change the lyrics a little <laughs> bit, but I don't know why. But I'm And it's only one of my cats, my cat Joe. And I'll just be like, my name is Joe, and I am funky. And then I like take his little arms and make him dance or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't even know where that came from, but it's the song that I, I use to sing to my cat. So it gets a little bonus point for me for that. <laughs> um yeah something that you know we should say as well is there's like a there's like a little moan that is played throughout this song and that Mm -hmm. was a sample of kim basinger oh nice and if you're familiar with the song peach uh it also kind of forms the kind of basis of that song as well um so uh, you know in the brief time that kim basinger and prince dated i guess he he must have at some point took her into the studio and Uh. just recorded her moaning a little bit and just you know, just to keep kind of save it up for songs later on, um, yeah. you know. But uh, yeah, you know, I mean, kind of such a uh, an interesting kind of like direction for Prince to go at this point, um, you know, and such a kind of long song to open an album with. Like, I don't think Prince has ever opened an album with a song just like this long since like 1999. Um, you know, just kind of really going for it and just being like, you know, here is a really, really long song where I'm just going to say my own name over and over and over <laughs> until, you know, like up until this point, there's maybe three songs where Prince had said the word Prince in. Um, and then now it's just like, OK, this is it. I'm just going to say my name over and over again. And it's going to be nonstop. Um, you know, so I just I kind of love it for that as well. It's just, it's just like and, and it's weird because obviously, you know, um, you know, this kind of being you know this and kind of the hits the next year this kind of period being like a a bit more of a kind of commercial peak for prince um you know this is kind of one of the songs that people know you know when you ask people for kind of prince songs they'll say stuff about purple rain you know but they'll also say get off diamonds and pearls and my name is prince is kind of always kind of one of those songs that even you know non-prince fans know just because of its kind of almost its ridiculousness um yeah you know, i think it's be- of... i think it's because he just says it over and over again yeah. too like it's such <laughs> like a it's cheesy but it's so catchy it is so i think that's why i sing it to my cat because it's just so catchy and it's like a fun little tune to sing just like over and over again and also it's one of those things where you know like uh, Obviously, Prince must have had this idea that, you know, rappers will boast about themselves. And Prince was just like, well, what if I was a rapper, what would I say? (laughs) I guess guess the words, my name is Prince. Most rappers of the day always kind of like, just like, well, my name is blah, and I'm here to say, you know. I mean, that was kind of like how it started, you know, in the 80s. But people are, I mean, they still do it now. Uh, yeah. You know, they have to come and say like, hey, I'm this person. Don't forget, that's who's rapping right now. <laughs> <laughs> so I could understand how he'd hear that and he'd be like, OK, so I've got to say my name is Prince at the very least. Yeah, exactly. And, and I've got to tell people something good about myself. So I'll say, and I am funky. <laughs> and, you know, from the, and from there on, you know, the song came about. Um, and I think it's interesting that he recorded it kind of like in September 1991, which was about like... I think it was about three weeks before Diamonds and Pearls came out. So he's recording My Name is Prince just like around the time that, you know, Diamonds and Pearls is getting released. Um, And that's kind of how far ahead Prince was of the rest of us. You know, like it took like over a year before this came out just as a single. Yeah. You know, so that's that's the thing I always find interesting about Prince is like how long it would take. And I can understand in the next few years where he got a lot frustrated about the fact that he would record stuff. And, you know, a year later, people finally get to hear it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and that was kind of one of the sticking points that he had with uh, Warner Brothers. 
Um, you know, and at this point, you know, I, I, obviously we'll kind of get more into the dispute as, as we get into, you know, um, the stuff after the hits. Um, but it's worth saying that, you know, there was a change of management at Warner Brothers. Um, you know, the people who had kind of protected Prince for, you know, 14 years, um, a lot of those executives kind of left. And, you know, Prince really didn't have anyone within Warner Brothers who he kind of knew. So he signed this this really big deal. Um, but then no one in, in Warner Brothers kind of really knew Prince. Um, you know, obviously, you know, he, he lived he lived in Paisley Park, um, you know, in the middle of in the middle of, um, you know, Shanhassen in, in in Minnesota. So like, you know, someone in L.A. or someone in New York, how do you deal with this person who, you know, has been kind of sheltered? Um, for you know at this point more than half his life and and yeah. kind of expects things to be done a specific way and you know he at this point he's kind of i mean you know Warner Brothers did say no to um you know to graffiti bridge for a few years but eventually he got graffiti bridge made so you know if you're prince you're kind of used to getting stuff done and you know and prince was then in this situation and this was something that he you know he spoke about you know a few years after the kind of dispute finished uh, where he said, you know, he didn't know anyone at, at Warner Brothers anymore. Um, you know, the, the kind of the people who brought him in um, and who'd been with him for, you know, more than a decade, um, you know, they kind of left. And Prince, you know, had no one who kind of understood his needs at Warner Brothers. Um, and, you know, obviously that's when the problems began. Um, you know, but obviously we can get more into that as we go through the 90s. Um, so, you know, I, I should go without saying nobody has covered My Name is Prince <laughs> because <laughs> I don't feel like anyone could, um, you know, I, I like I just it just doesn't feel like a song that anyone else could really cover. Um, It'd and, be a really weird song to cover. Yeah. And, and by and, you know, by the time Prince Prince, you know, finished the kind of the hits tour that, that followed up, um, you know, the kind of Diamonds and Pearls tour and, and uh, th- he stopped playing this song, you know, he. He, he, I mean, understandably, um, after 1993, he stopped playing this song completely uh, because his name was no longer Prince. So, you know, I don't feel like he could he could really kind of do the song. And also Tony M had left the New Power Generation. So if you haven't got the guy who's going to do the rap for three and a half minutes of this song, it kind of feels pointless to just say my name is Prince over and over again if you haven't got kind of someone to deliver that rap at the end. So uh, and I think it's a pity because I feel like in his later years, um, you know, if he'd have done this, I think people would have really appreciated him kind of singing My Name is Prince, you know, when he was like almost 50, um, you mm-hmm. know, kind of doing this this kind of rap song from the early 90s. It would have been like a really fun thing. Um, but obviously, you know, he had very specific feelings about songs from this era. So he, he kind of stopped playing them quite quickly. I feel like we've said as much as we possibly can about My Name is Prince. And yeah. so let's go to plugs. Is there anything you wish to plug, Wendy? Well, if people want, they can go check out my podcast. That has nothing to do with music, but it has to do with movies. It's Pet Cinematary, and you can check it out. Go Just go to PetCinematary.com. I'm on iTunes and whatever other kind of podcast places that you get your podcasts from. And you can find us on Facebook at Prince Track by Track, or you can follow us on Twitter at Prince Podcast. Or for some reason, if I don't know, if you wanted to, you could email us at PrinceTrackByTrack at gmail.com. Thanks once more for being my guest here, Wendy. Of course, thank you. And otherwise, goodbye.